Have you ever held on to something, letting it define you without even realizing it? In today's episode, we dive deep into the symbolism of everyday objects, food, situations, and how they can unintentionally anchor us to past memories. Whether it's that pack of ramen noodles or something else, we're going to discover why it's essential to let go of that weight we attach to these things and understand that they don't determine our current or our future financial freedom. You are listening to Her Dinero Matters, the podcast helping Latinas have increased confidence and control over their finances. My name is Jen Hempel, and as an accredited financial counselor, my mission is to help you be more confident and simplify your finances so you can save more, get out of debt quicker, and build your wealth. Let's be honest with ourselves. Sometimes we hold on to the past and it doesn't serve us. In letting go, we can definitely redefine what financial freedom looks like for us. Parece difícil lograrlo, no? But the reality is that it is not as hard as it seems. Our guest today, Dorothea Kelly, a personal finance, business coach, author, CEO of Money Chat, teaches us through her experience that it is indeed possible. With a proven track record of empowering individuals through coaching, keynotes, and her enriching online courses, Dorothea has been recognized by the likes of CNBC, Black Enterprise, U.S. News, USA Today, and Experian. So you are definitely in for a treat today. Let's go ahead and get to today's conversation. Welcome, Dorothea. It is about time that you've been here. <laughs> you, you come on the podcast because we've known each other. We've been connected wow. for, I don't even know, want to know it's, how many, it's, let's not it's count. Over, it's, it's a long time. It's a long time. It, <laughs> it's been a long time, but there's something I wanted to start off with before we dig into the interview that intrigued me. Detroit style ballroom. Tell oh, me, what is that? Talk to me. We like from to Detroit. dance. We like to dance. Detroit always has its own style. So when you think of traditional ballroom dancing, it's foxtrot, it's those things. That's not what we do. It's an uh, urban style dance, cha-cha. Okay. So it's it's a it's a couple's dance. It's called Detroit style ballroom. Um, we also Chicago step here, salsa, tango, merengue, all the things. So all the things. yeah, we love to dance in Detroit. <laughs> well, I love to dance. It just caught my attention. Detroit style ballroom. I have to. Yes. That if you up. ever come, I will take you dancing. We will have a blast. I will. I will yeah. I'm up. I'm always up for dancing. <laughs> well, I'm excited to have you here. And we always start off with going back in time and, and really getting to know you, your money story. So if you could take us back in time to something maybe you experienced, whether as a little girl, maybe in your teenage mm -hmm. years, or it could be in adulthood that yeah. really has impacted up till today, how you perceive yeah. money and maybe what you're doing yeah. uh, with money chats. Absolutely. One of one of the key things for me, there's so many stories, first of all, because I always tell about how I was a single mother and I had decided that I I wanted something better for my kids and my my daughters. I had children early and I worked full time with the school full time. But one of the things that was super important to me, I remember seeing the back of the cabinet. I talk about this all the time. So when there were no groceries, when there was no food, 
And it was a ramen noodle kind of life, right? And I remember saying, I will never see the back of my cabinets. One day, there will be a day that comes and I will never see the back of my cabinets ever again. Because to me, that symbolized lack and it symbolized not having enough. And so I worked hard at that. And to this day, like people, my girlfriend comes over and she's like, Dorothy, I feel like you're like lightweight, wasteful. But as long as the back of that cabinet is covered, it's okay. Because for me, it's a mental thing. And I had Raymond noodles for the first time in ages, not too long ago. My youngest daughter, she didn't experience as much of it as my oldest daughter. So I remember when she was in high school, she wanted me to buy Raymond noodles. And I was like, honey, we don't do that anymore. Not, not because I'm better than or I'm a snob, but because of what it symbolized to me and the time period that it symbolized. So by last year, I actually cooked some ramen noodles and I was, I put it on TikTok. I was cracking up. I was like, oh my God, this takes me back and um, I am healed and whole now. <laughs> nice. And I noticed you say ramen and I thought it was ramen. It's ramen, right? I don't know. I know. <laughs> Good question. Cause I'm like, she said Raymond, because I am so in my I think it's ramen. I always mispronounce stuff. So I'm like, here is another yeah. word I'm mispronouncing. Listen, I, I think we're in the same boat and forgive me everybody, but I think it's ramen, but I have been saying Raymond noodles for so long <laughs> and it's all good. It's now with that story, what, what did you learn from this? You know, because you had that experience of filling up your cabinet. You had that yeah. experience of, I don't want to do ramen or ramen <laughs> and noodles. But what did you take away from that? Let's talk about that a little bit. Well, I, I took a couple of things. You know, sometimes things uh, symbolize, sometimes we hold on to things and internalize them like I did with the noodles. But we need to kind of let that stuff go. Even like with me, with looking at the back of the cabinet, it's a thing that's not going anywhere because I, I don't want it to go anywhere. But I think that sometimes we internalize things and we make it more than it is. Just because I see the back of the cabinet does not mean that I'm poor or broke again, right? right. It could be that it's just a small thing. cabinet. And thank you. I like the way you think. I like the way just you think. Just because I moved around yeah. so much, I always have to put the puzzle together and sometimes it's yeah. just not space. That's what it is. Yeah, sometimes. exactly. So I think that the other piece of this, and I say this all the time, is not to feel shame, not mm. to be ashamed of where you are, you know, not to not to beat yourself up about the past or the future or the current. Or sometimes we feel like our past has just so destroyed our future, but there's nothing is the end of the world. So don't feel shame. Let's just move forward and let's just do take the steps that it takes. I agree. And since then, how has your life changed after, you know, experiencing these and these yeah. other stories that I know yeah. uh, you mentioned? Yeah. Well, you know, it's a journey, right? My my kids are grown now. It's it, it I have come a long way. That was in my 20s. By the time I hit my 30s, I was financially stable because mm. I did the steps. I made the sacrifice. So I started teaching myself everything I could about money. I started going to seminars and listening to podcasts, listening, watching TV shows. And I started, that's how I ended up starting to teach it. Then teaching my children and teaching my family because I wanted to make sure that this is a family legacy of wealth building, a family legacy of financial stability. Now, whether people listen or not, that that's on them, but at least 
I'm getting the information and I'm sharing it. So for me, that's what the journey has been is staying on solid financial ground. We have ups and downs. Things happen to all of us financially. Nobody stays up and is just up forever. Financial struggles come and they go. But the key is the knowledge that you have to be able to overcome them. And so that's where we are now in our lives. You know, we're empty nesters. Our children are adults now. And we're able to kind of step back and watch and see what they do with what we've taught them and live our life on our terms financially and lifestyle and enjoy life because we did the work. Absolutely. And what one key thing that I want to make sure you listening men really hears what she says here is that she say taking the knowledge and using that knowledge that you have. That doesn't mean because I know you and I know, Dorothea, that we beat ourselves up right? For what we didn't do or the mistakes that we did and all of that. But it's about taking what you know, and it's about what you take, taking what you know now. It doesn't mean you have to know everything and just taking action with that. You don't have to know all the things. You still are going to make mistakes and that's completely okay. It's just doing something, doing with, with, and doing something with what you have. It's not about waiting until you get the bigger paycheck, waiting until you get out of debt, but it's just doing something now with what you know. And I like that you really said that. Absolutely. Now with your business, you mentioned that you started teaching, you started teaching about financial education. And I noticed that one of your biggest focuses is about debt uh, managing money and also yes. another key piece is creating financial freedom. And of course, yes. your book, Money Chat, focuses on just this. So yes. let's talk briefly uh, because in you know in our world of personal finance, we hear a lot of stories about how to get mm-hmm. out of debt. Yes. If you could give only one piece of advice about getting out of debt, uh, or with someone just to the person that's listening right now that's maybe mm-hmm. drowned in debt, what would yeah. that be? Oh my goodness, just one! Oh just my goodness, one. Okay. I know because we have a lot to cover. <laughs> I know, I know. The thing that I, the practical thing as far as getting moving and paying off your debt. I really, truly believe in paying off your debt smallest to largest. Tell you that this is the method that I use. This is the method I use with my clients. We do that debt snowball. You pay them off smallest to largest. It makes you feel better. You feel like you have a sense of accomplishment. And I know creditors may be calling. There, You may have some with high interest rates that are eating you up, but there is a sense of satisfaction when you're able to pay off a small one and then take that monthly payment and add it to the next one. And you have a plan. There is a load, there is a load lifted when you just have a plan for your money like that. Um, and I've I've worked with people that have done all number of strategies for paying off debt. And this one has just been the one that has stuck. So that is my number one suggestion. I'm telling you, I was at home crying over back then we had checkbooks. Nobody has a checkbook anymore. <laughs> I still have it for certain certain school stuff. (laughs) You know, crying and praying over my checkbook. And when I started doing it this way, it was like a big boulder off of my shoulders. So that that's the number one thing that I would suggest. I agree because I knew with my husband, he was always, well, let's just get this one paid off first because it's just, like you said, it's that quick win. And I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh, but we're, we're paying more interest than that. I was too mm-hmm. focused on, yeah. oh, how much more interest, but it's about just accomplishing something. And yes. I've since then, I'm 
I'm a big fan of that one too. Just absolutely go small, because that sense of accomplishments or accomplishment really keeps you going, in my opinion. It, it just does. gives you that because you you're making progress instead of paying off something that maybe is going to take years to pay off. Yes. Maybe you'll give up or something will happen. Life because life always yeah. happens, and then life you happens, pause and and you don't want to deal with it anymore. Then it's it can it's be a lot. it can be messy. Yes. Yes, it can. <laughs> now, you also teach about managing money, um, yes. something that we like to avoid. <laughs> it's that we don't like to look at We just want to spend the money. <laughs> we just like to, you know, as long as the bills are taken care of, we can spend some money. Yeah. We're all good. What would you say is the biggest mistake that people make when it comes to managing their money? Not knowing where it is, what it, what's happening with it. And, and we've all, you know, my hand is raised. When you have money coming in and you know there's money coming in and you're like, okay, I, I got money to cover that. You slack off a little bit. But what we want to make sure that we do is that we are conscious about knowing where our money is going, because when we are not, we'll spend more over here or we'll commit to things that we don't even know we can't do or should not do. Some things we can do that we should not do because you have to keep your goals in front of you. What are your financial goals? And it doesn't mean you can't live. I have a saying, life is for the living. I say it all the time. And that is the truth. Life is for the living. Our goal is not to just keep our heads down and, and hoard money and not enjoy our money. But you have to put everything into perspective. So when you have a plan for everything, it's okay to go spend because you, I'm going to spend this amount. You spend that amount. I'm going to save this amount. I'm going to invest this amount. I had a client who her goal she said, Dorothea, I hope you're not going to tell me not to help my family because helping my family is important to me. And I, if you tell me that I'm walking out this door and I said, no, I'm not going to tell you that. But what I am going to tell you is to have a bucket for your family. Mm -hmm. So you have a line item in your budget for your family help. She helped people go to college. She helped with clothes. She helped with any number of things that was important to her. So meeting yourself where you are with your goals, what's important to you. Some people's um, thing is they must give to charity. That is key to them. So we make room for that. Make room right. for that in your life. What is important to you? It's not always about the travel and the fun stuff that's just for your household. A lot of people really are into um, what they can do for the world and we make room for that. So when it comes to money management, it is all of those things that make you happy as it relates to your money without causing additional stress. That is the key. I'm so with you. <laughs> I'm so with you because I know we tend to, well, look at all the advice that is out there and you're like, oh my goodness, I need to do A, B, and C. Yes. But then you're not, it's maybe not aligned with what you need, what your household right. needs, what, uh, what your family needs right now. Yeah. And so what will work for them? Like you said, like in the case of giving, you know, helping family members or tithing and doing all those things. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh it's, yeah. It's making, you know, it's really looking at how do you fit it in? I mean, put it in yes. there and then, and I like to work backwards, right? I like yes. to just put those things in. Okay. This is what I want to do. This a, and then from there, you can figure out a plan instead of, Oh, I'm, I can't do this because I have to be focused on paying off debt or whatever yeah. that may, or yeah. building my emergency yeah. fund or whatever that might be. But you really, absolutely, because the more you do it, that's aligned with what you need and what your household needs and what's important, your, you know, what your values 
the more that you're going to continue to and on that path of taking that action forward towards your goals, right? I agree. Uh, so I'm with I you. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Before we jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you. You feel like you're not missing anything. Right. A lot of you, you don't feel like you're being deprived or that you're not able to do the giving or traveling, whatever it is that you want to do. Yeah, it's not a chore. It's something that you yeah. can enjoy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, the other aspect of what you focus on is creating financial freedom. Something that yeah. when people hear that word, oh, that is something that I want to do, Ooh. but is it doable? Can I ever get there? Right. That's and there are some myths around financial freedom, of course. You know, financial freedom can mean so many things and so many different things to different people. But what do you think is the most doable? Because a lot of people think, oh, I would love that, but I don't know if I can ever reach it. Right. And so they don't what, think they don't think they can achieve it because right. they don't know anyone who has done it. Exactly. Or if or their idea of financial freedom is super rich, like somebody that's super rich. So what I tell everybody to do is, is ask yourself, just have a, an honest conversation, get quiet, go somewhere and have an honest conversation with yourself about what financial freedom looks like to you. For some people, it is being completely out of debt. For other people, financial freedom, freedom is having all my bills paid every month. For other people, it's I'm able to give. So you and I can't tell the audience what financial freedom looks like to them. Right. We only know that for ourselves. So everyone has to sit down and just say, what does this look like for me? And there are so many people who don't believe it can happen. I really want to speak to those folks. Please. A lot of times we can't see it because we're in the midst of our stuff and, or we don't know anybody or we think their situation is different. I am here to tell you that you can have financial freedom and you can have the financial freedom that you want. Not what I want, not what Jen wants, not what anybody else wants. But if you sit down and you're honest with yourself about what financial freedom means to you, I am here to tell you, you can have it. I am here to tell you, you can have it. So sit down, think about what that is, and then go after that like crazy. Yeah. And it's okay also that that definition or what you see or what you envision as financial freedom, that may change. Uh, it evolves. You know, it evolves because sometimes we think... Like you mentioned, a lot of people, not a lot, but I can't say a lot, but I'm generalizing yeah. here. People will think financial freedom is having the five cars and the hundred yes. rooms yeah. and all that. And, and that might that might be what they think initially, but as they go and as they progress and they achieve some goals and they feel yeah. free, it might not be yeah. as much, you know, all that. It might so be more you know, creating some memories, traveling, and that you're yeah. able, you've been able to do that. So that evolves and changes. So if you're thinking that you want all the, you know, the big things, and that's okay. Go, you know, yeah. go for it. But that might be evolved, and that's okay too. And it doesn't have to, you know, yeah. you define what it is. It for does. You. And and I'll give an example with me. So when I was a single mother, going to school full time, working full time, my financial freedom was all of my bills were paid. Mm -hmm. That was as far as I could see. Because that was my stress. That's what I was crying over. And it took me a couple of years to get there because of my income and all the things. But then when I got there, I was like, okay, what is really achievable? So then there was another goal that meant financial freedom. I achieved this. I know how to manage my money now and I'm in a good place. But now, wow, I've got this debt. How do I get this debt paid down? Right. 
So now financial freedom looks different. Then the next thing for me was, huh, emergency fund. I want more than $1,000 in a bank. I want more than $2,500 in the bank. So that is just an example of how financial freedom for me changed, especially in the very early years. Right. Thank you for sharing that. Now, out of those three focuses, what what would you say is your favorite one? Do you have a favorite? What, what do you mean? Like in terms out of, of what? what the focus is in terms of what you teach and getting out of debt, managing money and the, creating that financial freedom. Is there something that really fires you up? <laughs> I love teaching the nitty gritty of budgeting and and developing a strategy for your money and and getting into the details, right? That's fine. I lo- that's good practical things. I love helping people find the dream in their in because I'm also a business coach. So in the financial coaching and in the business coaching, I love the sh- the strategy, building out the long term strategy and moving people like a freight train toward their dream. So I love like the the question about financial freedom. I love walking through that with people and listening to what that looks like for them, whether it's for their personal finances or in a business coaching session. My excitement at this point in my business is from helping people reach the dream. I love it yeah. because sometimes yeah. we forget about dreaming. We've given up on dreams yeah. or we're just, we just yeah. kind of settled. We're settled yeah, in our day to day and decided to accept that our current situation is our permanent yeah. situation, but it's, it isn't. Right. It isn't. <laughs> We can have more and it's okay to, to have more. That's so, right. I really <laughs> love, yes, I That's really right. love that That's you do right. that. Now, since I've known you, Money Chat has been really a, a big part of your brand uh, yes. for a long time. How did that come about, about in terms of naming it Money Chat? Let us know. Oh my goodness. Okay. Transparent moment here. I was already a financial coach. I hadn't yet started doing a lot of business coaching, but I was already a financial coach and was heading into business coaching. And Twitter came on about. And I was like, oh my God, one more thing. Like we are now with all the social media, like, oh my God, one more thing. I hated Twitter with a passion. And I went to a friend and uh, Hodge Flemings, who is is big in this world and in AI and all the things. And he said, Dorothea, just stick with it for a second. When I go, when I start something, I go all in. I said, okay, if I'm going to learn this Twitter thing, I'm going to go all in. And I started Money Chat. And for five years, I did an online Twitter chat called Money Chat. And then after that is when I wrote the book. I also did these events. So I took, I called it, let's take the online conversation offline. And I did events at local businesses to bring awareness to those businesses. And we had a money conversation at those places. It was amazing. We had a blast. I did that for a few years. And every now and then I still do a live money chat. And that's how money chat came. And then I wrote the book. And so that's how the brand came about. Trademarked all the things. And that's how it started. And it wasn't until a friend told me, Dorothea, you doing this money chat, Twitter chat really makes a difficult conversation easier to have. And that's when I started doing those live events and all the other things that that created the brand around money chat. So it goes back to Twitter. Very it goes ad- back. <laughs> I do remember years years ago those money chats yeah. were, I mean, in terms of not just yeah. yours, but just Monday having the chat. Yeah, those yes. things. Oh, that is that is so awesome. That is so interesting. Yeah. Now, another thing about you that I really love is that you've graced your stages as a keynote yes. speaker. Yes. And of course, the scope, especially since you've been I've I've been in this space for a while, has changed uh over yeah. the years. It has grown yeah. and I know you've probably seen it. I have seen it well yeah. as well. And what 
you know, since you started teaching, I'm curious to know what has changed for you in terms of your philosophy, your message as, as to what you teach, how has it at all changed? So yes, 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 it has changed. I, to be 100% transparent. When I first started, I was young, of course, and I was very much against any credit card, but I was also, I didn't have any either. So I was very much against any credit card. As you grow, and my clients actually uh, influence this, as you grow and you work with different people, you realize that everything is not cookie cutter. And I knew this, but really everything is not cookie cutter. I And I do see the benefit of using credit cards as a tool. I don't know if that's blasphemy, but I do see that, right? But here's my caveat. And I had this conversation with someone. The caveat is, Majority of the people that I work with who are in a a very bad financial situation they're trying to get out of, that person should never touch a credit card. Mm. Because the truth is, and I just want everybody to hear this, credit cards are for people who don't need them. You really need to think about that. If you are a person who doesn't need a credit card, then you're the perfect person for it. But a lot of people see it as an emergency fund or Mm extra money. And that view is what gets you into crazy credit card debt. I learned early on that credit cards were really for people who don't need them because then that is the person who can pay it off every month. That is the person who can get the points and do all the, has time to do all the strategy around it. But the person who is living paycheck to paycheck or just got on their feet financially Credit cards are not for them because there's still some mental financial stability that needs to go on. There's still some work that needs to be done. I've had to work through that with clients. I've had clients tell me they will, that needed to get rid of credit cards that would not, you know, and that's their choice, but it's for people who do not need them. And I just need everybody to know that. Oh my goodness. I love how you phrase that because it it makes so much sense once. I didn't think about it that way. But when I think about to some workshops that I have seen or to some banks uh, working with people to help them build credit, some of the, there's still things that they're relaying, communicating, teaching without the full picture. So for example, I've, you know, seen some financial workshops that even put on by educate, you know, colleges where they teach, you know, an emergency, you know, part of, yes, building an emergency fund, but a part of that emergency plan can also be a credit card. And I'm like, oh my gosh, don't, don't do that. I I have also seen, and, and people come to me and talk to me, Hey, I've been trying to build credit. I talked, you know, I, I applied for a credit card and my bank told me to use it and just pay the minimum. Yes. Every month. I'm like, pay the minimum. I mean, yes, you can pay the minimum to build credit, but that comes with a cost. Would you rather yeah. build your credit for free or would yes, you build exactly. that or would you or do you want to build your credit at a cost of high interest? Yeah. Like which yeah. one and, and and I can't say that those bank the people that were sitting in front right, of them right. were were doing this out of mal, you know, with a bad intention, they just, they probably don't know or don't understand. They're just relaying information that they're given, 
but yeah. the person doesn't know. And so they take this and they're like, okay, and it's they okay. It. They start this and they don't realize yeah. and they get themselves in this bad situation. And so I'm like, much oh, trouble. Oh my gosh. So much trouble. Don't yes. do that. Don't do that. Yeah. Please don't do that. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yes. Yeah. I love how you said, uh, I love how you said that. It's for yeah. people, credit Thank cards you. are for people who don't need them. Cause if you are struggling and, and maybe you're, you're, you're living going to paycheck it. to paycheck. Yeah. You're, and you're going to use it. None of us has that kind of willpower. We right. teach this. No, none of us has that kind of willpower. Right. You know, you're you're almost setting yourself up for for failure, and then shaming yourself for doing what what uh, humanity does. You're human. Right. So you you know you have to be careful with the temptation. If you have a credit card and you haven't spent on it, and you're you're overextended that month, and you need groceries. All of us, any of us would make the decision to use the credit card to buy groceries. Like we would do that. We would use it to pay our car note or I don't know if you can use it to pay a car note anymore, but you know, we'd use it to pay our household expenses. And you really just do not want to use a credit card to pay household expenses. Right. Or sometimes, and even though we have with our system, we use a credit card for certain things. And yes. then we use a certain account where we just filter in money for just daily expenses. But exactly. when I don't, when maybe I don't want to... I feel like I don't have the time to check the bank app to see wh you know what's going on with the money. I just easily take out the credit card. Like exactly. what you say, it's easy, so easier it's to easy. do because you're like, oh, well, I'll deal with it later. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I'm going to tell you oh real quick. We did this. We tried this experiment. And I realized, I realized after doing this that I don't have this temperament. We said we were going to pay all our bills on a credit card to get the points mm -hmm. and then pay the credit card off. Well, even though I had the money and I knew I had spent the money, spent it on the credit card, when it came time to pay the bill mentally, I was like, oh my God. It's a big balance. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, <laughs> even though I know what I did and I knew what the plan was, I was like, you know what? This isn't for me. This is mental stress. I cannot do this. <laughs> yeah. So you have to know yourself. Oh, Absolutely. So to wrap this up, Dorothy, I, I wanted to ask a not so serious question because okay. we started the interview about dancing, right? How you yes. love dancing. And you yes. also dance salsa, which that salsa is probably one of my favorite dancing. I mean, I just, once yes. I feel the music, yes. I, it, I'm there. I'm curious to know. I know for me, salsa helps me just to disconnect, especially I, I connect yes. with the music. I feel the music yes. and I'm... I'm disconnected. And so even though I love different genres and, and salsa is just the one that I, for some reason, I feel it the most. It helps me to just reset in a sense. Yeah. It helps me to reset yeah. no matter what mistakes I, I've made. And I'm curious to know, does salsa or the Detroit <laughs> ballroom dancing, does that do that for you? I'm curious to know, like, you know what? It is so interesting you asked this question. I am not that great at salsa. If I have a good lead, I can kind of do it. But Detroit Ballroom does that for me. Okay. I just went dancing last week after having not danced in many months because I've been working on the book launch. And I it was like life breathed right back into me. So yes, I know exactly. Dancers know. We know. <laughs> so it it does. It breathes life into me. It fuels me. I must do those things. It's like going to a museum or learning something new. But dancing... And just getting out there because I'm so good at that particular one. That one really does fuel me. I love to dance, so I'll do anything. But uh, that one I'm really good at. So, 
I'll do anything too, but I noticed, you know, nowadays I'm like, oh, I gotta be more careful because my knees. I'm like, oh, I gotta watch my knees, <laughs> conserve conserve my knees. But that's right. That's right. Well, this has been such a fantastic conversation. Yes. I really am glad that finally, after years and years and years, you know, Me you too. always have the best intentions, and sometimes. It's all right. It takes though. time. It's so all good. I am glad you are here. You were fantastic. I really appreciate Thank everything you. that you shared with us. Thank you. And I would like to invite everybody to visit moneychatbook.com and grab their copy. What did you think about today's conversation? Let's do a quick recap, shall we? In today's conversation, you heard Dorothea gave her, she gave her top piece of advice about getting out of debt. She also shared the biggest mistake that people make when it comes to managing the, their money, as well as a key question that you can ask yourself to help you achieve financial freedom. She also share, which I love her recommendation on when it's not favorable to have a credit card. I encourage you to connect with her. You can connect with her at DorotheaKelly.com and you will find that link in today's show notes. Now, I wanted to ask you a question. After listening to me converse with our guest today, with Dorothea, did you think about any whether object or something in your life that has presented scarcity, a limitation, or maybe a challenging situation? If so, don't feel bad about it. Let's talk about it because it happens to all of us. The key is to recognize it and take away the power of that, the, of that meaning of limitation of scarcity that it currently has in your life. You can share your thoughts. Again, let's have a conversation in our private community, which is at jenhemphill.com, and you can find that in the show notes. As for next week, if you'd like to discover a fun and unique way to teach your children from an early age how to manage money, you need to get ready for next week's episode with Greg Morset who will introduce you to an alternative that you'll absolutely love. Buena pues, that is everything. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to be here with us. You can check out the show notes over at jenhemphill.com forward slash 365 or just simply take a look at the show notes. Remember that being a reina starts now simply by claiming it. I believe in you and so should you. Nos hablaremos el próximo jueves. Chao. 